country on earth in shambles. Bill Gates already mapping out the next pandemic. The medical profession by law prevented from telling patients the truth. How do we survive this? Well, we the people stand up and stop taking it. We win at the ballot box and we do that by getting the truth out into public ears. TNN, the Truth News Network. And your warrior at the gate is Dan Newman. Did you know that's true? Bill Gates and some of his think tank buddies They're already predicting a new pandemic. Of course, we think they don't have any factual information regarding that, right? We don't know that. But what we have found out in that group of people, those multi-billionaires, those so politically collected sycophants around the world, not just in the United States, folks, but around the world, they know some things that you and I don't know, and they're always on the front of the wave, especially when it comes to healthcare things. That just stinks. I mean, there's something wrong with that, don't you agree? Well, good morning. Welcome to a brand new week, a brand new day. TNN Live, so thankful that you choose to join us here, those of you every day, those of you that get it later during the day on the podcast outlets that carry TNN Live, like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitch In, iHeartRadio, and there are even more. If you ever have a problem finding it, just go to one of the um, the popular podcast sites. They pretty much have it. And if you have an iPhone, of course, the iPod app comes with your iPhone and just click on it. When it comes up, go to the search bar and enter TNN Live. You'll find us there 24-7. Speaking of 24-7, this show is going on the road intercontinentally. That's right, February, the last week of February, we will be in Israel broadcasting our show live every day from Israel. We're really looking forward to it, lining up some guests from over there. Now, you would think, what do they have to talk to us about? I mean, they don't have the same issues we do. Why would we want to talk to them about their issues? We've got plenty of our own to talk about over here. Sometimes, folks, we find out there are commonalities between people of different nations, some of the same issues, and we can look to them as they look to us to come up with some answers. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go over there and get a lot of political issues resolved. not saying that at all, but what I am saying, going firsthand and looking over there, It'll change you. Many times, it'll change your perspective. Back about four or five years ago, I spent an extensive amount of time in business in uh, Central and Northern Europe, places like uh, Switzerland and Germany and Austria, and then kind of just stepped a little bit further away to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia on a couple of trips. You know what I found out over there? Yeah, yeah. People in those countries are way different from us. But what surprised me is how many commonalities, how many problems that we face that they face the same ones. And in many cases, they have solutions that we never thought of, or at least I never thought of. It's great to get a different perspective. We're going to be there for 10 days. Now, that'll be over a weekend. We'll give you the schedule as we get closer to that. But folks, it's the 23rd of January. 
I'm talking about one month from now. We leave February 22nd. One month from now, TNN Live is on the road in Israel. Several different locations in Israel will end up in Jerusalem at the capital and keep your fingers crossed. Looks like we've got a good shot to have a live interview while we're there with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He's a great political figure, not just in Israel, but in the world. He's been Prime Minister several times, just was re-elected. And so if we can get a conversation with him, be thinking about that. And you may, if it happens, you may want to send me some questions that you would like to hear answered by the Prime Minister of Israel. All that being said, it's Monday, and what do we do on Mondays? Well, what do we do every day at the top of the show while everybody's getting that cup of coffee and getting set for another couple of hours of big news items? We go back and pick a song that you probably loved, maybe haven't heard in a long time, like this one from Bread. If a picture paints a thousand words, then why can't I paint you? The words will and bread and if that's from 1970 from my old dj days when i was over at louisiana tech and i was the nighttime jock at what was it krus in ruston louisiana i think it's still there and what i did was i played songs like this my shift was nine till midnight and i took call-ins and it's amazing it really is or at least it was in 1970 how many people you meet just because you're a nighttime DJ on a top 40 radio station. I could spend a lot of time telling you stories 
really good things happen on that show. I met some of the greatest people that have been in my life since then. No, I didn't marry anybody that was calling me on the radio, although a couple of years later, Marianne, who is now my wife, she listened, and she actually brought me some stuff on air a few times, which I thought was kind of neat, but uh, one of my best friends. I dated his wife. I met her because of a David Gates and Bread song, Baby, I'ma Want You. You remember that one? And she called up almost every day, every night, requesting, Baby, I'ma Want You. Uh, I won't tell you her last name, but Nancy was and is her name. She lives right here in town where I do, and she's married to one of my best friends who also I met over there. Relationships are kind of cool, and especially when you have them from, I mean, junior high, high school, college. And the reason I think the commonality is there is because we had so many things in, in, that were the same. I mean, we were facing the same things in America. Things weren't quite as twisted, or at least didn't seem quite as, quite, uh, quite as twisted as we see now playing out. But I think in large part, that's because we only had three television and three radio news networks, CBS, NBC, and ABC. So we got all our news from those outlets, and we were only listening and watching three. So we kind of had an easy pick when it came to politics and what to follow. But even though, even though things are very conflated in our lives in America, across the board, I don't think we can put a finger on anything and say, I got it all worked out. I know I don't. (laughs) And I'm 69. (laughs) I've tried hard. I hadn't got it figured out yet. So what are we going to do today here at TNN Live? We're going to figure some of this stuff out. And we have to begin talking about and revealing some of the stuff that is important and it's about very important things that we've not heard all the facts coming out of our leaders in Washington, D.C. Saturday, Saturday, things very seldom happen on the weekend that are big in news. Very seldom. Sometimes, but not often. The White House on Saturday told us the Department of Justice had, and I'm going to quote Corinne Jean-Pierre, Department of Justice reportedly had conducted a comprehensive search of President Biden's Wilmington residence, and they found six additional documents with classified markings. The search had been conducted in the presence of President Biden's personal attorneys, as well as White House counsel. Now, put that in context of what happened down in Mar-a-Lago. Former President Trump, he didn't meet with the FBI, with his, his private counsel. He didn't meet that night at Mar-a-Lago with his counsel. Nobody on his staff did. In fact, they stormed Mar-a-Lago. No warning. They just showed up. Kind of different. President Biden did not go to his Wilmington home on Friday, but he went rather to his house in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Wouldn't it be nice to have not one, but two beach houses that you could just pick where you wanted to go on the weekend? When asked about the deviation in Biden's travel plans, Jean-Pierre was elusive, suggested that the president was simply traveling to his beach house. 
Uh, despite midwinter conditions, it was cold. One last really quick question. The president going to his home in Rehoboth Beach today, does that have anything to do with classified documents being found at Wilmington and none being found at Rehoboth? Now, this is a question from the media to Jean-Pierre. She responded, so as it relates to classified documents, information which the president takes very, very seriously, and you've heard him speak to it when he was asked by your colleagues yesterday when he was traveling in California, I would refer you to White House Counsel Office for any statement coming from here or anything, new developments coming from here. But as, and I'm quoting Jean-Pierre, she's talking in circles. <laughs> she continued, but as, and as it relates specifically to the investigation, I would refer you to the Department of Justice. So I'm not going to not going to comment on that piece at all from here. I'm just going to continue to be prudent and consistent and respect the Department of Justice process. As it relates to his travel, as you know, he often travels to Delaware on the weekends. I just don't have anything else to share. But anything related to the legal process, I would refer you to the White House Counsel Office. That was a bunch of stuff about absolutely nothing. i got to be honest with you. All of us, we've lived through quite a few different presidential press secretaries. And I must relate, with as little regard as I had for Miss Jean-Pierre's predecessor, Circleback, I think she was a thousand times better than Jean-Pierre. I mean, this woman is an empty suit. That, what you just heard, that was direct quotations from her remarks on Saturday. And she said nothing. On the 12th of January, that's 11 days ago, the White House said six times the search for classified documents was complete. Another batch of documents, including some from Bindjir in the Senate, they found on Friday. Last Tuesday, she was asked in the White House press briefing whether it was safe to assume that all of the classified documents in Biden's unlawful possession, all of them had been found. She didn't answer. But she said that the White House was cooperating fully with the Department of Justice. And she reiterated that the administration would not interfere with the administration of justice. Though, to be quite honestly, they have done just that several times. The media is now, they're getting a little put off about the way this has happened. Journalists have started voicing frustrations with her, Jean-Pierre, who has repeatedly given them incorrect information about Biden's classified documents. In fact, I don't know of a single thing specific to the documents, where they were located, who found them, what were the circumstances, and what type of documents they were. I don't have a single time where she's been right when she said something specific. Now, this story goes in a thousand or more different directions. And don't take for granted that we've uncovered everything, that we know everything. There are so many unanswered questions. That's why when the media, 
who are the spokespeople for the American people. When they go to these press briefings, they're asking questions to get information that will be reported to the American people. Not everybody can look in and watch in live to a, a, a media press briefing from the White House every day. I mean, you and I got stuff to do. I mean, this is what I do, but I very seldom listen to one of these, these uh, press briefings live. And then when they're on the road, when the president's on the road, he takes this person, Jean-Pierre, with him almost everywhere he goes. And if something newsworthy comes out during the trip, she'll call a press briefing live. And then Americans don't have time to follow this 24-7. We expect them to give us facts. That's not happening. And it's not created a good situation with the media. I got to be honest with you, even Democrat media spokespeople, that would be almost all of the mainstream outlets. They're going over the hill and they're turning on President Biden. Well, thanks for joining us here every day. We really mean that. Some of you logged in late. I get it. It's Monday morning. You got to get your life going. You're back at work. Get everything started there. But we're going to jump into some of the meat of this thing. This classified document thing, it's probably the biggest thing we've seen so far, with the exception of maybe our southern border debacle, which we'll get into in just a little bit. But in just a few minutes, we're going to go talk to some people, specifically in the middle of, with knowledge, about this classified document debacle, DocuGate, we term it here. DocuGate. We've got a lot of stuff to unpeel, some good stuff, so don't you dare move. Back in two minutes at TNN Live. Nervous? Oh, Blaze. Brings back so many good memories. Remember our road trip in 97? Our first real heart to heart. I've never seen any of your movies! Not even the one we're in together! Hey, do you remember when that stalker kidnapped us? Yes! Blaze was there. Blaze. Do you have a barbecue? Or a cheddar jalapeno? Ooh. Oh, remember when we stumbled into that turf war? <laughs> remember when you bought your first house? <laughs> hey, I'm Those were good times. They were golden. You ready? Seth, do you? I do. And Janet, do you? That's a yes. Yeah! I love this lady! <laughs> Holidays abroad. Can we? Can't we? But then we thought, should we? Staycation! We could share a yurt. Please, no. Luckily, we've picked British Airways holidays. Small deposit and can change if we need to. Decision made. Moonlight skinny dipping. (laughs) We've booked St. Lucia. Two weeks. Did you? Why didn't we? Ah, clever you. British Airways holidays. Atoll protected. It's time for a new year. A new you and a new Volkswagen. Stop by D. Patrick today and check out our entire lineup. Like the spacious Atlas with room for everyone. Or the not-so-compact compact compact SUV, the Tiguan. And the always popular Jetta and Passat. At D. Patrick, we have a Volkswagen for every budget and every lifestyle. 
Check out all the Volkswagen models available at dpat.com. Make this year the best year in a new Volkswagen from D. Patrick on Green River Road. I'm sure we've all been indoctrinated to the far-left media's methodology of reporting on this president as compared to our last president. There's a stark difference there. They formally tried to blur the lines and tell us all the time, oh, we're reporting the same way for President Trump as we did for President Obama, which was horse hockey for them to say that. We're not stupid. We all knew the difference. And now... To be quite honest with you, Joe Biden, he's not being honest with them. Now, remember, they, the mainstream media, are an arm of the Democrat Party. They don't even make any jokes about it now. Nancy Pelosi bragged about it often, about she had, she didn't say it this way, but she had media outlets in her pocket. Whatever she wanted to put out there, whether it was truthful or not, was immaterial. If it was something that came out of the House Speaker's mouth, well, that was the way it was, and they reported on it. And I'm bringing that up because I wanted you to hear a report from a CBS News affiliate about the latest discovery in the DocuGate debacle and how ticked off they are getting about the president. There are new developments this weekend into the investigation of President Joe Biden's handling of classified documents. A new FBI search of his Delaware home Friday, in which the Bidens were not there, turned up even more items. Adriana Diaz first broke this story, and she joins us from Chicago with more on that. Adriana, good evening. Good evening, Jerika. Sources tell CBS News that the FBI search was agreed upon ahead of time and a written consent form was even signed by a representative of the president. We're told a form is standard practice for a search of this kind. Now the total number of classified documents is between 25 and 30. The FBI search lasted nearly 13 hours Friday. In a statement, the president's personal attorney, Bob Bauer, said investigators had full access to the president's home, including personally handwritten notes, papers and memorabilia. They took six items consisting of documents with classification markings and surrounding materials from his time as vice president and senator. It's yet another political blow for the president, who said Thursday. There's no there there. This is gone from uh, just simply being irresponsible to downright scary. Republican James Comer chairs the House Oversight Committee and wants records from the Secret Service. Any type of documentation that would help us determine who actually had access to those documents. He and other Republicans allege a double standard between Presidents Biden and Trump. But in Trump's case, the FBI executed a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago after he refused repeated requests for more than a year to turn over all his classified material. In all, more than 300 classified documents were recovered. So far for President Biden, 25 to 30 known classified items have been discovered in his possession. No search warrant was necessary because the White House says the president has been cooperating. And as the president says no there, there, Adriana, can we expect more FBI searches of Mr. Biden's properties? 
Well, Jerika, sources tell us that the, the Justice Department is considering searching other locations. Now, this investigation remains under the authority of U.S. Attorney John Lausch, but the special counsel is expected to take over by the end of the month. Jerika? Adriana Diaz in Chicago tonight. Thank you. Just put all that in the context of what we have been told compared to the way it's supposed to be done and the way it has been done. Remember at the very beginning, the DOJ, they just kind of washed their hands of the whole thing and said, hey, uh, we're not worried about that. That's after the first batch was exposed at the Chinese-attached Biden think tank at UPenn. And it is, and it was China involvement there. That's all still coming out a little bit layer after layer at a time. And that's because it wasn't the DOJ, it wasn't the FBI that actually did the searches. And after the first batch was shown, then the DOJ said, nah, we're going to trust you with your private attorneys. You just go look and let us know if you find anything and what you find. Of course, those lawyers that were doing all that searching, we don't know if they had classified status. And I guess because we haven't been told they did, they didn't. So not only do we have who knows who looking at classified documents at the University of Penn Biden think tank, then at his home, in his garage, in his house, in his library. We don't have any idea. That's the whole reason for a very strict process for the handling of classified documents. We do, by the way, know, we were told, that several, several had to do with Iran and Ukraine. Didn't get told the contents. After all, they can't classified. There's more there than we know. I can promise you that. There's more there than we know. Over the weekend, Jesse Waters, primetime, Fox News, with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. They weighed into this, and I think you'll learn a lot more about what's going on after listening to Jesse and Speaker McCarthy. You know that guy who lies his way through everything? You catch him in a lie, but he'll just lie again and act surprised. But then when that doesn't hold up, he'll go to plan C. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. But, Joe, there's there there everywhere. There's there there in the Chinese funded think tank. There's there there in your office. There's there there in the garage. And there's there there in the laptop. And if there's no there there, why'd the White House and the Department of Justice want to keep it a secret? According to the Washington Post, the White House had a deal with the Justice Department that when they found the documents a week before the midterms, they weren't going to tell anybody. They were just all going to hope it got sorted out and went away. Why? Well, because Fetterman would have lost and it would have made them look stupid after they raided Trump's house. And if the press found out, they'd turn on Joe. There's nothing the press hates more than the mishandling of classified documents. Broken borders, inflation, crime waves, that's eh, not much to write about. But a classified document scandal in D.C. with special counsels where they can ask, what did you know and when did you know it? There is nothing sexier. 
But when Joey Boy had his chance to say sorry, he said he had no regrets. And the press is not happy. What does the president mean when he said no regrets? Because he's also said he takes very seriously the handling of uh, classified documents. So I'm unclear what he means about no regrets. So I'm not going to uh, comment further from what the president has said uh, and basically what he said to, to, to all of you many times at this point, that he does indeed take classified information. And seriously, he does indeed take classified documents seriously. Joe takes classified documents seriously, but he doesn't regret leaving them spread eagle for six years next to the Corvette. He has no regrets about leaving classified documents in a Chinese-funded closet next to a steakhouse. And he has no regrets. He covered it up for two months. And the media is losing their minds over this, which is why they're now starting to look at the laptop. Oh, yeah, you're going to lie to our face, make us look stupid? Well, we're going to crack the laptop open. It's not looking like disinformation anymore, is it, big guy? Newly dug up emails show that the big guy, Joe Biden, was personally working on a deal to sell 5 million tons of natural gas to the Chinese. CEFC, the Chinese energy company, you know, the one that was the tip of the spear for China's plan for world domination. They had Hunter on the payroll. They were now putting in a bid to drain natural gas out of Louisiana, and the Bidens were going to sell to the Chinese at a discount. And Joe, who usually just like leaves the legwork to Hunter and brother Jimmy the Chin, was hands-on this time. I mean, really hands-on. Biden was hopping on the phone to grease the deal. I thought he said he didn't get involved in his son's deals. That's a smoking gun right there. And it's not very green of Joe to send natural gas to the Chinese communists, is it? Why wasn't Joe selling windmills to China? Well, because windmills don't pay that fat 10% kickback. The Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, joins me now. You guys going to dig hard on this, Speaker? Yes, we are. And you're missing one question. They say the attorneys found these documents. Who told the attorneys to look there? Somebody else knew the documents were there all along. Otherwise, why would the attorneys even look? But it's just a pattern. Remember what today is. It's the two-year anniversary of Joe Biden being sworn in as president. So what do we get for a two-year anniversary? We now find out 4.5 million people have come across the border illegally. That's just the ones they've counted. Last month, 250,000, a record never before in American history. Have we watched that? That happened in December. Inflation like we haven't seen in 40 years. And now you find out not only were you lied about the laptops before the last election, now we were lied about and not told that they had documents, that they raided another president, that they don't believe justice is equal. They believe justice should be served on people they politically disagree with and that they are above the law. That's what two years of Joe Biden's presidency has given us. You hit on something interesting. Do you think it was Joe Biden who told his legal team to go look in the closet of the Biden think tank because he just happened to want to clean up shop? Or do you think someone else told the lawyers to look there? Don't know. But why would the lawyers ever look? Whoever hires lawyers to be movers? So, <laughs> And he told us the garage is locked. It is really tough because every American garage has one button and it opens up. <laughs> but how did, the, how did they know to be around the Corvette? How did they know they were back there? 
I don't know. Maybe they watched his Corvette commercial. But who told the attorneys? No one has asked that question. And then why don't we ask further inside the Biden's um, think tank? What has happened to those who have worked at that university? Well, two became ambassadors. One happened to become our secretary of state. Do we ever ask questions about that? Mm. I mean, it's interesting. How close is this university to the president? Close enough to raise money from China? And now we raise another question. He's going after any gas stoves in America, but selling American natural gas to China? That's a great Great point, Speaker. And I think we now have a Fox News alert. As you just mentioned, Joe Biden broke the all-time border crossing record last month. In December, 251,000 illegals came into the country during that month. Should DHS Secretary Mayorkas be impeached? Speaker, you said that you wanted to wait and see to look at the December numbers. Well, we just got the numbers and they broke the all-time monthly record. And remember, this is a secretary of Homeland who has told America the border is secure. No one believes that. That's why you watch next week. We're starting the hearings. This is moving through. Why is the border not secure? Who has taken those actions? And this action could lead to an impeachment inquiry. Look, I will never use impeachment for political purposes, but I will definitely follow the truth and the facts of wherever it takes us. And I am tired of having America wide open because you know what else you get with a wide open border? More people dying from fentanyl. Just in my home state, just up from my house, we just had a cartel-style killing, even a baby being shot in the face based upon what's happening on this border. 300 more Americans will die today because that border is not secure. American public has trusted us with the majority, and we will get to the bottom of it. All right. The border's about as wide open as Biden's garage. Speaker McCarthy, Jesse Waters, you heard that Fox News news break flash right in the middle of it, segueing from DocuGate to BorderGate. <laughs> these are all Bidens. He owns every one of these debacles. So where do we go from here? Look, we're not going to spend the whole day on one topic. There's plenty enough to go around. But there are a couple of things in the middle of DocuGate we need to think about just for a second. House investigators, you just heard James Comer, a Republican from Kentucky. He's the head of the Oversight Committee. Stonewalled by this White House, Comer's investigators are turning their attention to the Secret Service. Now, why is that? Well, the Secret Service... They've spent 40% of Biden's first couple of years in office out of town. (laughs) He goes to Delaware, has been there 40% of his presidency. So what does that mean? Well, he does a lot of business there. Even though he's not on vacation, but he's just at a different location, he tells us, oh, we still conduct business. Who's going there to meet with him. And what did they meet about? The American people deserve to know. So the White House is not giving that information up, so House investigators, they're turning their attention to the Secret Service, hoping to find records that show who had access 
to those five tranches of classified records that were found in Joe Biden's Delaware home and the think tank. Comer said yesterday the latest discovery of documents by the FBI now has escalated this scandal from simply a question of incompetence of the president, especially since the home where many of the documents were found was frequented by Hunter Biden as he pursued significant business deals with communist China. And as you just heard Jesse Waters say with Speaker McCarthy, it turns out that the president was involved directly in negotiating a deal with CEFC, that Chinese big uh, oil and gas company. This has all the pattern of an influence peddling scheme. It also has the makings of a potential cover-up. That's what Comer said Friday night. There's a lot of connections with the Communist Party directly to both Hunter, Hunter's Uncle Jim, and Joe Biden. Now, the Biden administration, they won't even talk about it. They won't give any information about the classified documents other than saying, you heard the president say it himself, there's no there there. Comer said Sunday, the distribution of the documents at three locations. Is it three or four? Well, it's more than two. That's raised concern, just the different locations. Does anybody believe that those classified documents, when they left the vice president's office, they just spread them out to multiple locations all over the East Coast? I mean, that's an investigation on its own. Who did it? Who took them to these different places? This has the appearance that somebody would have taken them and moved them around. That's very concerning. Comer said his committee would be sending letters to the Secret Service today, Monday, for any records the Presidential Security Agency has about who visited either of these locations. Hopefully, the Secret Service is going to work with us, Comer said. We're requesting formally any type of correspondence, any type of emails, any type of documentation that would help us figure out who actually had access to those documents. And hopefully the Secret Service is going to work with us despite the fact that this White House is not. Hunter, if you remember, we found this out last week. Hunter listed the Wilmington home as his personal residence on multiple documents during 2018 and 2019 when he suffered from self-described addiction also pursued deals with CEFC that included a single gift of one large diamond and a $5 million interest-free forgivable loan. Comer said the House investigators have learned significant new details about all this. Look, you know, we know a lot more about the diamond than I need to talk about right now, Comer said. You know, that diamond was given to Hunter at about the same time these documents were being transported to different locations. That's very concerning. There are so many questions about big, important things in this debacle. I got to be honest with you. There needs to be a special prosecutor 
that gets into this huge intelligence debacle directly perpetrated by the President of the United States. Now, remember, we learned this under President Trump. No sitting president can be indicted. But you know what? They've been doing it, they being the Biden camp. They've been doing it, obviously, for a long time. How much have we missed? How much is important out there? How much puts our nation in jeopardy? There are a lot of people out there that would love to get their hands on all of our, just as an example, our military classified documents that some of have just shown up among these 25 to 30. That's the number we've been given about these classified documents that are out there. Americans deserve to get the facts, get the information. Now, one more tidbit about this before we move on today. You've probably heard over the weekend, Ron Klain. Ron Klain, longtime guy, a confidant of the president, even back when he was a senator. Ron Klain just mysteriously says, eh, I'm going to move on. So Biden has to name another chief of staff, and he did over the weekend, Jeff Zentz. You may remember the name. He oversaw the White House response to coronavirus. And Zentz is going to join the staff uh, in the upcoming weeks. I think they said two or three weeks. Now, Biden sought, you remember, to expand diversity. He's opting for Zentz to be his chief of staff. He overlooked the rest of his diverse team like Anita Dunn, a female senior advisor, Susan Rice, a woman of color. Normally, the Biden folks, any Democrat now, they figure we got to get some different kind of people in here, some, you know, people of another race, skin color. Nope. He opted for Jeff Zentz. Zentz was the voice behind every video call coronavirus briefing and was constantly coordinating the White House's coronavirus response with Anthony Fauci and the CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky. Under Zentz, Biden's administration was caught off guard by the emergence of all of the COVID variants, ultimately leaving us unprepared for them. Since he left the first time, Zentz has been back working in the White House with Klain since last fall. We weren't told that. We're now told he was helping prepare for staff turnover after the midterms, which ended up being limited since very few senior staff members have left. I think they haven't left because there's no place for them to go. Nobody wants them. The Washington Post noted Zentz would take over for Klain as Biden begins to face these new challenges, like, you know, facing the Republican-controlled House of Republicans. That's a big deal. GOP members are already planning to bombard the president with a bunch of different investigations, including at least one that concerns the business dealings of Hunter that we now know, although the president swore numerous times, I never talked to my son or my brother about their business dealings. Joe Biden was involved directly in one, a monster, 
that included selling natural gas to China and being a broker and getting broker commissions. (laughs) Commissions. Oh, my God. It's bad, and it just keeps getting worse. Now, there is big news coming out of... uh, coming out of D.C. today. I want you to hold your breath when I tell you this. A news release. U.S. Customs and Border Protection released the official number of border crosses for December, showing immigration officials had over a quarter of a million encounters with illegals. That's not the big number. That's not the big thing that I want to tell you that wasn't and is a big thing. The numbers are going to be higher when Republican elected officials like smugglers falsely proclaim the border is open because of a court order to lift Title 42. It's going to be Republicans' fault. This claim comes despite the fact that Democrats have been in control of the federal government and Congress for the last two years, Republicans took control of the House earlier this month. Despite their information, our border enforcement measures continue to hold strong with the number of Venezuelan nationals arriving at the border unlawfully continuing to drop dramatically. They're telling us that things are good, and if it doesn't turn around It's going to be the fault of the Republicans that refused to negotiate with the Democrats on our horrible immigration laws that they need to be deleted and we need to put some new ones in there. Now, let me ask you this. When have you known a Democrat when facing something that is 180 degrees away from their mantra, their political perspective and narrative, When have you known them not to come forward and present, at least to the American people, an exact plan? Here's what we think the nation needs. Present it through news media, the Democrat mainstream media. They'd be all over it. This official talking about the Venezuelan migrants announced in October humanitarian parole program with expanded removals under Title 42 are working, he said. Unnamed official. Border Patrol said in a release that there was an 82% drop in encounters since September, dropping from roughly 1,100 a day the week before the process was announced to about 100 a day in December. And then we find out a quarter of a million in the month of December, but it's working. The December update, this is a quote, the December update shows our new border enforcement measures are working, even as overall encounters rose because of smugglers spreading misinformation around the court-ordered lifting of the Title 42 public health order, we continue to see a sharp decline in the number of Venezuelans. So he points to Venezuelans, and then we find out everybody else that isn't Venezuelan, their numbers are going through the roof. A quarter of a million. You do the math. 
What's the math say? If that happens every month, what's 250,000 times 12? You do the math. It ain't working, folks. And let me give you an example of how it's not working. Laid off American professionals. Laid off. They say they were replaced with foreign H-1B visa workers overseas, people coming in, and these employers can get them for less. And so Native Americans, born Americans, are getting laid off, and they're hiring these illegals. And there's been a law firm that sued the federal government over this. You hear about it? I didn't hear a thing about it. LTI, Larson and Tubro Infotech, announced a multi-million dollar settlement with Americans who had filed a lawsuit against the firm after they said they were fired and replaced with foreign H-1B visa workers. According to their lawsuit, it was filed by Marcus Meinhofer, and Andrew Raglan, don't know either, joined by hundreds of other laid-off Americans, LTI executives allegedly deployed a four-pronged policy and practice of discrimination, specifically designed to favor foreign H-1B visa workers instead of Americans that were qualified already doing these jobs. First, this is from the lawsuit, LTI maintains an inventory of visa-ready workers to fill positions at the company by petitioning the federal government's lottery program to obtain a large amount of H-1B visas. Second, LTI's internal and third-party recruiters in the U.S. disproportionately select H-1B visa applicants from Immigrants of all kinds that are located in the United States already over non-South Asian, non-Indian applicants located here, even if the applicants are less qualified. In particular, the lawsuit alleged that while 12% of the United States IT industry is South Asian, 95% or more of LTI's workforce is South Asian and is primarily composed of non-citizens from India. Anytime there's a question, anytime there's a question about anything going on, what are we supposed to do? Follow the money. When you follow the money, you're pretty much always going to see something that just wasn't right. President Biden's board of deputies spiked the number 250,000 in December. Even as his economy forced down wages and pushed up inflation for more than 100 million working Americans. Official data shows Biden's deputies are flooding the labor market with one foreign worker for every young American who joins the economy. One illegal for one native-born American. 
This 100% inflation of the nation's labor supply, it cripples our ability to negotiate decent wages in the national labor market and also supercharges inflation of housing prices. This loss of bargaining power, it shifts more than $50 billion every month from ordinary Americans to the big investors and CEOs who are getting these immigrants to go to work for that much less. There's a $50 billion a month hit just by this. Now you wonder why the companies are pushing to open up the borders and let all these illegals come in? Oh, we're going to hire them. They're going to they're gonna work. Yeah, that's right. You're going to make billions, $50 billion more a month. Federal data for December alone showed that Border Treat Chief Mayorkas allowed 121,000 single adults into the U.S. in just December. In contrast, Trump's deputies allowed just 5,500 single adults through the border in December of 2020, or one for every single 21 adult migrants admitted by Mayorkas in December of 2022. Mayorkas has the legal power to exclude all migrants now under the Title 42 rule, every one of them, but only excluded just one in five, 20% during December. That's a big drop-off from October when he excluded 80,000 migrants in the weeks before the November election. Congress's 212F law also gives the president the legal power to exclude all migrants, but it's never used. Why isn't it being used? We just told you. Show me the money. It's all about the money. Now, let me ask you this. As we go to a break, let me ask you this. I want you to think about this. They're not even trying anymore to hide it from us. 300 Americans a day, 300 more, are dying every day from fentanyl poisoning. You think about that every day. 9,000 a month are dying principally because of fentanyl coming across our southern border with the smugglers. And Mayorkas wants to continue doing it the same way. In fact, he'd like to just open it up and say, come on in. Throw all of that responsibility over to the DEA to find these people that are coming in when, formally, they were stopped at the southern border because our southern border was basically working amazingly well under Donald Trump when his policy was let all the legals come in into the American immigration process. Let all them come in, but stop as many illegals as we can. And it worked. So what's the purpose behind all of this? Well, we know it's about the money. No, I'm not talking about that now. I'm talking about why are they out there now that all this information is in the hands of the American people? Why aren't they changing the policy and going back to enforcing immigration laws? You know why? 
they no longer care what we Americans think here. They don't even care about their violating the rule of law because they won't be accountable. Talk to Dan. Call 1-866-37-TRUTH. TNN Live. The Truth News Network. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342, 529-8342. Yo, some people think it don't make sense that I'm a horse whisperer. Fancy prance, yo! But you know what else don't make sense? Bye. I mean, it's good for you, but still somehow tastes amazing. Sideways fancy prance, you heard? Yeah. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. Yo, I just whispered all of y'all. Too easy. Bye. Five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing? None of this makes sense. Laid-off Americans replaced by foreign visa workers, flooding our southern border, fentanyl everywhere. What What is going on in America? What's happening here? There's a lot happening here that we just don't have the information about. The Wall Street Journal came out over the weekend, yesterday, and their editorial board member, Alicia Finley, took a flamethrower to vaccine makers. Now we're talking about COVID-19. We're talking about problems. Hey, listen, all of the stuff that we bring to you is always purposely unsettled. They are operating now in all things immigration, all things COVID-19. They're operating on the fact that all of the mystery It floats around, and nobody knows for sure. Our government doesn't tell us for sure about COVID-19. Fauci got a green light. He did it for a couple of years. He kept us guessing about everything. There were no absolutes that were verified by science, and that just gave them the ability to keep us guessing. Immigration the same way. Now the Wall Street Journal has gone after the vaccine makers. This is from the Wall Street Journal. You may have heard a radio advertisement warning that if you've had COVID, you could get it again and experience even worse symptoms. The message, sponsored by the Health and Human Services Department, claims that updated, bivalent vaccines will improve your protection. This is, according to the Wall Street Journal, this is deceptive advertising. But the public health establishment's praise for the bivalent shots shouldn't come as a surprise. The narrative around this campaign for these boosters, it was simple. mRNA COVID shots could simply be tweaked 
to target new variants in this case. The jabs were claimed to confer protection against BA4 and BA5 Omicron variants along with the original Wuhan strain. To call this wishful thinking would be extremely generous. As Finley with the Wall Street Journal writes, three scientific problems have showed up. Three about this. One, the virus is mutating much faster than vaccines can even be updated. Two, vaccines have hardwired our immune systems to respond to the original Wuhan strain. So we turn out fewer antibodies and neutralize the variants targeted by updated vaccines. And three, antibody protection wanes after a couple of months. Now, Finley has brought receipts too. In other words, background information confirming this. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Isn't it interesting? We're getting factual reporting, and they're giving us all the facts. Two studies in the New England Journal of Medicine this month showed that bivalent boosters increased neutralizing antibodies against the BA4 and BA5 variants, but not significantly more than the original boosters. In one study, antibody levels after the bivalent boosters were 11 times as high against the Wuhan variant as BA5. The authors maintain that immune imprinting may pose a greater challenge than is currently appreciated, I love that, appreciated for inducing robust immunity against SARS-CoV-2 variants. Now, this isn't unique to COVID or mRNA vaccines. Though boosters may amplify the effect, the key word there is may. Our first exposure as kids to the flu, whether by injection, infection, or vaccination, affects our future response to different strains of it. That, my friends, is the science of this. This is not conjecture. This is not a Fauciism. It's factual. For those who took or were forced to take the original vaccine, our memory B cells were trained to produce antibodies against the original Wuhan strain. That's the way medicine works. And as a New England Journal of Medicine article says, people who have taken that original vaccine were primed to respond to the Wuhan strain. And they mounted an inferior antibody response to any of the other variants. The studies directly contradict marketing information from both Pfizer and Moderna, which asserted that the bivalent boosters produced a response to the new strains, BA4 and BA5. That's a four to six times that of the original boosters, which the Wall Street Journal says is misleading. For starters, and here's the big one, and I'm going to stop right here. This one blows this whole thing apart. Neither Pfizer or Moderna conducted a randomized trial. They tested these original boosters last winter, long before the BA5 surge and four and a half to five months after trial participants had received their third shots. The bivalents, they were tested after BA5 began to surge. 
nine and a half to 11 months after recipients had gotten their third shots. Here's the money shot. The vaccine makers designed their studies to get the results that they wanted. Public health authorities didn't raise an eyebrow. But why would they? They've all got a vested interest in promoting the bivalence. Follow the money. If you follow the money, you're typically going to find the reasoning for any of this stuff coming out of the federal government. Wow. We're talking, I mean, so far it's almost principally about evil, misrepresentation. Much of that misrepresentation by people in our government, and that goes all the way to the top, to the president, to the White House. Trying, trying desperately to come up with something they can say is factual to prove their perspectives on what they're going to say, regardless of fact or not being true. The perspective that feeds their thoughts, their needs, and what they want. And somehow, people in the federal government, they just, they just get a pass. Nobody just comes out and says, we're going to give people a pass for this. They just do it. And you know what they've learned? They're going to keep doing things that they want to do even if they're illegal, as long as they want to keep doing it or until they're caught and held accountable for what they're doing that is illegal. The fact that Moderna and Pfizer, neither company, conducted a randomized trial of these vaccines for the variants, and then they come out and say they did, where's the FDA in this? Where's the CDC? Where's the White House? We all know there are tens of millions of dollars floating around. The relief bills that were passed, there are billions of that money that have not yet been spent. Do you think it's just going to sit around in the bank somewhere and somehow Parts of it are not going to be picked off to be diverted to these special causes. How much of that has already been picked off? Do you think maybe a dollar or two from that money was sent to Moderna and Pfizer to buy these vaccine boosters, knowing when they did that, using your money and my money, that they were not only wasting our dollars, they were doing something that could realistically negatively impact us because no randomized trials, nothing conducted out there. We know that vaccines in large numbers are creating problems, many major problems in people that get those vaccines and vaccine boosters. How much more has that been happening? Is it happening through the use of these vaccines that were sent to the market approved by the FDA, and no randomized trials were conducted. Official numbers for birth rate compared to death numbers for the year 2022 haven't been released yet. 
the ones that are confirmed by the government haven't been released yet, but it looks like, based on the science, for the first time in American history, more people died last year than people were born. Again, we don't have the official numbers. That's a couple of reports. And I think maybe the reason we don't have the official numbers is the federal government does, doesn't want us to know about that. And what does that mean, Dan? Well, our COVID numbers are way down. You're not hearing us coming on the air every day and touting, oh, this many died from COVID this many last month. We have this many in the hospital because the numbers are down. The number of cases are down. The number of hospitalizations are down. And the number of deaths from COVID-19 are down. So what was it? It has to be something, and in large part, I'm pretty sure it's because of adverse reactions to vaccines and vaccine boosters. When we think something that makes sense is the sense in something that's happening in our world and our government doesn't even talk about it, you can almost always bet what you suspect is probably the way it is. And when I say probably, I mean better than 50-50, then that's what's going on. And it's sad because this is costing Americans the greatest possible cost there is, not dollars and cents, people's lives and people's livelihood. Have you? Do you know anybody that has been impacted by a adverse reaction to boosters or to the initial COVID shots? I have two people in my life, a husband and wife, very close to me, very close, very healthy, older than me by, I guess, four or five years, both of them. Neither had health issues. Both of them got the vaccination. Within 90 days, both of them, one of them developed a heart problem, a bad one, had several incidents, had to put a pacemaker in, Never had a heart problem before. Within 90 days after getting a COVID vaccination, this happened. The other person has developed an autoimmune disease that there's no cure for yet. Horrible effects. Never had any health issues. There's just something wrong with all this. There really is. We're not getting the truth. I'm in a scary position in my life because I'm concerned the government's not giving us the facts, yet we hear facts about our government that suck people in our government. Let's talk just for a second about that. Money being taken by members of Congress, members of the administration, quid pro quo dollars. Folks, people don't give politicians' money, not expecting something in return. It just doesn't happen. And maybe it's just money. Maybe that's all it is. The love of money, after all, is the root of all evil. You can do a lot of things if you've got a lot of money. You can do a lot of good things. You can do a lot of bad things. And so where am I going with this? Corruption in the government it is abundant, and it has been abundant, 
And many of the perpetrators in our government, I'm talking specifically about our United States Congress, many of those people have been doing it with impunity for years. People like Representative Maxine Waters from California. It's a broken system, and it's shocking how Washington politicians have been using campaign funds to benefit their own families with impunity. Anyone who's read even one story about politicians knows that the entire system is a corrupt one, a system in which politicians who enter public service poor come out incredibly wealthy. But not only do the politicians make money, but so do their family members. Conservative Brief reports that over the last decade, California Democrat Representative Maxine Waters has paid her daughters over $1.2 million, and it's all legal. After many prominent Democrats have been called out for putting family members on their campaign payroll, Republicans are looking to ban the practice. Republican Representative Pat Fallon has introduced legislation calling the Family Integrity to Reform Elections Act, which would prevent campaign funds from going to a candidate's immediate family. If passed, the bill would also hold the candidate directly responsible for violating the provision. Representative Fallon stated in an interview that, quote, the Family Integrity to Reform Elections Act, otherwise known as the FIRE Act, is a critical step to reducing nepotistic practices in American campaigns. Allowing family members to be on the take of campaigns must come to an end. For example, Maxine Waters, the worst perpetrator, has given her daughter over $1.1 million in campaign funds. This is utterly egregious, and I will not stand by as the integrity of our elections is further diminished. Now, this would be horrible for Maxine Waters. The Daily Caller reports that according to the Federal Election Commission filings, Waters' campaign paid Karen Waters $8,000 in September, a surplus of over $1 million her daughter has earned from the campaign since 2003. As of late, legislators have come under increased scrutiny for paying family members with campaign funds. The over $1 million given to Karen Waters, including the $8,000, has been for slate mailer operations. Karen Waters has also been paid for such things as administrative services, fundraising, and rally expenses. That's according to the filings. Waters came under fire a few months ago after paying another $24,000 in campaign cash during the most recent quarter. <laughs> when asked about the new law being passed, Representative Fallon responded with, Maxine Waters paid $1.1 million to her daughter from campaign funds. Ilhan Omar, $2.9 million to her husband from campaign funds. James Clyborne, over 200000 to multiple family members from his campaign. It's no surprise that there have been multiple scandals of prominent Democrats reportedly using campaign funds to pay family members, yet it's still a broken system that allows for this type of money laundering with little to no accountability. Maxine Waters has paid her daughter an astonishing $1.2 million over the last decade, and Ilhan Omar reportedly paid her husband $2.9 million from campaign funds. This shouldn't be happening, and it's absolutely scary that it's possible under our broken system. We need more transparency and accountability from our representatives in order to ensure this rampant scandal stops. It's time for some real change so our government officials aren't allowed to launder money with no consequence. Let's continue the conversation in the comments below for the next news network. I'm Gary Franchi. Yeah. Maxine Water. And again, with impunity. Sheila Jackson Lee and Maxine Water. Sheila Jackson Lee is a 
represent a representative from a suburb of Houston. I think it's on the west side, Houston, Texas. But she has patterned her operations techniques after Maxine Waters. They both talk just the same. They say the same things, and they support the same operations and are doing the same things. That makes you wonder how many other members of the House, how many in the Senate, how many are there that are just taking these opportunities and turning them into bucks? I got a text from the West Coast from Peter. He had a funny little thing to say about Fauci when we were talking about all the the money uh, on the boosters. Just think about all the money that Moderna and Pfizer got from the American taxpayers for these. It's unbelievable. Peter said they have finally come up with a drug which has proven to cure stupid. (laughs) Yeah, it's in clinical trials, he said. It's called remdesivir, and Anthony Fauci will ensure that it's available to you for free. (laughs) I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids done bought me a busted machine again. That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather. Allegra, what is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. The latest in sports. Clarissa, how many did old Satchel strike out last night? Satchel Paige died in 1982. How many he get? Satchel Paige is dead. In what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Paige. Oh. I don't know about that. Even local news and pop culture. Anita. What them boys up to across the street? They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I don't know about that. Here are the smart devices like your thermostat. Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alize? The new Amazon Echo Silver plays all the music they loved when they were young. Angela, play black jazz. Playing, uh, jazz. It also has a quick scan feature to help them find things. Emilia, where did I put the phone? The phone is in your right hand. And it has an, uh uh-huh, feature for long, rambling stories. So then I gave him five dollars, and he said I only gave him one dollar. Uh-huh. I said, I know I gave you a five. Uh Uh-huh. Because I only had a five and a one on me. Uh-huh. And this is the one dollar right here. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now. 
In the clown car of the deep state, you will never find a greater den of scum and villainy. You need a hero. Here again, blaster in hand, is Dan Newman. Yeah, we really need a blaster in hand, all of us, to try to figure out who the heck is lying to us, who is telling us the truth. We talked about Oversight Committee Chairman, the brand new one from Kentucky, Jim Comer. He uh, he came out over the weekend. He was everywhere over the weekend. I mean, all the news spots. And uh, he dropped a little bomb on us. He said yesterday that connections between China's ruling party, that would be the Chinese Communist Party, and the Biden family present serious concerns amid DocuGate. Comer said, I think most Americans would be shocked if they saw how many connections the Biden family has to people directly affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. He was talking to Sunday Morning Futures host Maria Bartiromo. It's very startling, he said. I took the president at his word when the first set of documents were found at the Biden Center for Diplomacy that he had just inadvertently misplaced those documents. But now, this has gone from being irresponsible to downright scary. This has all the pattern of an influence-peddling scheme, and you know it also had the makings of a potential cover-up. I mean, five different locations at least. Five different locations now. Who knows that those personal attorneys have been doing something they're supposed to do. And when you look at all the things our investigation is covering with respect to the influence peddling, there's a lot of connection with the CCP directly to both Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden's uncle Jim, and also Joe Biden. It just kills me to listen to the president still double down on things that have been proven regarding his involvement with Hunter and his brother Jim Biden. The president met with some of Hunter's Chinese business partners. That's from the New York Post, confirmed by the New York Times. Also wrote letters of recommendation to colleges for the kids of one of Hunter, his business associates. Biden has denied knowledge, any knowledge at all of Hunter's business dealings, claimed that Hunter did nothing illegal on multiple occasions. With impunity, folks. Interesting little tidbit popped up over the weekend. President Biden's Energy Department, they quietly published a congressionally mandated report in December showing the president revoking the Keystone XL pipeline federal permits cost tens of thousands of jobs, and billions of dollars. Remember, he canceled it just hours after he was sworn into office. Energy's report indicated the Keystone XL project would have created between 16,000 and 60,000 jobs annually for two years which is up from a 2014 report sponsored by the department that showed it would have only created 3,900 direct jobs and 21,000 total jobs over a two-year construction. Additionally, the report citing multiple studies showed 
there would have been a positive economic impact of between $3.4 and $9.6 billion so far. They were required by law after Biden signed the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act in November of 2021 due to Senator Steve Daines, who's a Republican of Montana, and Jim Risch, a Republican from Idaho, successfully adding an amendment to the bill that mandated this report. It was noted the report was required to be published within 90 days, but was ultimately not reached released for more than a year. That's not a surprise. So in a statement from the Energy Department, the spokesman claimed that the project would have had a minimal impact on the permanent jobs, but didn't mention anything about the thousands of jobs that would have been created during the pipeline construction. The U.S. Department of Energy, this spokesman said, released a report evaluating existing analysis on economic and job effects of the XL portion of Keystone Pipeline, it concluded there were limited job impacts, with approximately 50 permanent jobs estimated to have been created were the pipeline operational. They kind of missed their numbers. People and also dollars and cents. Now, let me ask you this. Have you started paying attention to who is going to be the Republican that's going to run in the 2024 election? So far, the only announced candidate for that on the Democrat side would be Joe Biden. Who's going to run against him? Well, for a long time, the odds-on favorite was former President Donald Trump. There have been some other folks that have stuck their toes in the water just testing the water, like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, this morning, I saw an interview very early this morning with Mike Pompeo. Pompeo was a former Secretary of State for Donald Trump. He was former head of the CIA, a former congressman. He's a great conservative. I like him a lot. He did not say he would do it. But he kind of responded like Nikki Haley, former ambassador to the United Nations and former governor of South Carolina, in an interview when she was asked about it because she was a big supporter and still is of Donald Trump. They're all testing the water, but nobody is nobody's saying they're in for 2024. The only confirmed candidate so far is Donald Trump. So how's the nation feel about that? Well, Harvard Harris, a pretty logical, pretty accurate polling agency came out over the weekend and has in a poll Trump at 46%, leading Biden at 41%. Trump also leads Vice President Kamala Harris by even more, Trump at 48, Harris with 40%, 12 undecided. It's interesting. Look at here. Here are the matchup polls: Trump versus Biden. Trump leads 46, 41 percent. Trump versus Harris, 48 to 40. DeSantis against Joe Biden. DeSantis 42 percent. Joe Biden 39 percent. DeSantis against Vice President Harris, 43 percent. DeSantis 40 percent. Harris. 
It's also it's also worth noting that Trump is outperforming Governor Ron DeSantis in both hypothetical contests against either Biden or Harris. In the GOP primary, Trump has a 20% lead over DeSantis as well. Now, we hear reports, I hear them almost daily, saying that nobody wants Trump anymore, that all the polls that are coming out are trashing Trump, he doesn't have a chance. And then we get this credible poll from Harvard Harris. Who do you believe? Who do you believe? They have discovered, they on the left have discovered, they can manipulate the narrative in an election period, on an election cycle. And if you control the narrative, they can get people to change their ideas and their votes even based upon what they're being told by media that they trust. Not the facts. Media that they trust. Well, speaking of trust, we haven't even talked about our debt limit problem We're in limbo right now because Congress has not yet agreed on what or how to extend our debt, our lending, borrowing uh, requirements. They ended on Thursday. Congress has got to come up with something, and we're in limbo, and it's not at an emergency level yet, but conservatives want some changes Democrats don't. They want a blank check. They want Republicans to just sign and hand them a blank check. Senator John Kennedy, one of my favorites from here in Louisiana, he weighs in pretty regularly on most of the conservative news talk shows simply because he's got that Mark Twain kind of delivery when he tells a story and talks about his opinion. Here's Senator Kennedy about our debt limit stuff and a couple of other things as well. The White House issued a memo on how to fight back on the debt limit. They want to fight those Republicans because you just saw the facts from Edward Lawrence. They're pretty bad. The memo instructs Democrats to say this, talking points. The House GOP economic moves make inflation worse, protects rich tax cheats, increases the deficit, raises taxes on middle-class families, and cuts Social Security and Medicare. Republican Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, member of the Judiciary, Budget, and Appropriations Committees. Great to have you in focus. First time I've seen you. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get started with what is myth and what is factual in, in what we're seeing coming out of the White House on this. Two points. Uh, the United States Congress will not vote to default on America's debt. In the past 25 years, uh, our Congress has had 12 opportunities to vote to default. Congress has never done that. It never will, nor should it. So everyone should uh, take their meds and chill. (laughs) Point two. There there are three things that most fair-minded Americans agree on. Number one, uh, there's something very wrong in our country. 70% of the American people think our country is headed in the wrong direction. And the 30% who disagree uh, must still be living in their parents' basement. Uh, Number two, uh, the federal government spends too much, particularly the last two years, and has too much debt. 
And if we don't stop it, we're going to end up in a deep recession. Um, and Google may have to lay off up to 25 members of Congress. That's how bad it'll be. Number three, um, we're, we, the, um, American people do not believe that the federal government should default on its debt. Now, the three things I just described mm -hmm. are the things that House Republicans agree with. The, some, some people, including the White House, are trying to demonize the House Republicans. But they're not saying to the president, Mr. President, we can't wait to default. Mm -hmm. They're saying to the president, Mr. President, we don't want to default. We're not going to default on America's debt. But, but we want you to work with us to control spending and debt so we don't find ourselves in this position again. Senator, is... Now, what's... Just real quickly, because I, I want to move on sure. to the next thing, but I, I want to ask you this real quickly. What about this group of Republican leadership has us to the point where they just might bring the swamp to a halt and get this done? I mean, is, is this a special group? Because this has been an ongoing conversation, and Democrats always vilify the right on this issue. Sure. That's not going to happen. Um, and if you don't want it to happen, if you're President Biden and you don't want that to happen, uh, you, 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 you're going to negotiate. Hmm. But what's been the White House's position, Harris? Um, apparently, the White, President Biden's position is, I don't care because I don't think I have to. And they won't even meet with the House Republicans. I mean, how very mature. Um, uh, apparently... Um, uh, the, 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 the people at the White House are not like most teenagers. They're all over 40. Now, we have time. Um, Very little. I know Secretary, well, Secretary Yellen is saying it's immediate, but we won't have a drop-dead date until uh, August, maybe September. And, uh, that and, is and news. The, the White House has time. Because ever, White, no, we're that's, being that's, told that's, June. That, that's more. No, that's that's a lot true. more it's time. Not true. No, it's not true. We've got at least until August and maybe huh. September, which which is enough time for the White House to to grow out of puberty and sit down Ooh. and talk with the House Republicans. Wow, that that is that is really useful information. I mean, June is obviously a lot more imminent, uh, and and you, this conversation needs no manipulation, Senator. So we appreciate you telling us when it's really going to happen. It's amazing to me that we get. A narrative where everybody's screaming, "You, you, we're gonna, we're gonna run out of money. We're gonna default on our debt. It's never happened before in U.S. history. You evil Republicans, you just need to give us the blank check and let us move on. We need you to just get out of the way. That's the way Democrats govern. Don't listen to what they are saying. Don't look at what they're doing." Just sit down and shut up and let the process work its way. Honestly, Americans are waking up and realizing that process doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Because they cannot be trusted to do the right thing. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do. And honestly, what I've seen being done in this Democrat administration, there's not one thing that I think should have been done and done the way it's been done.
It starts with the very fundamental of every oath of office taken by anybody that serves in a federal position to support the Constitution and to support the rule of law. And when the commander-in-chief, the president of the United States, just says, I'm going to do some of that, but I'm not going to do it all. And whatever I'm not going to do, you don't have any say-so about it. And don't even ask me, because I am president, I'm going to do it. For that reason, I am a proponent for doing away with executive orders and earmarks. A piece of legislation needs to be absolutely clean. This is the way it is. This is the way it's done. And this is unquestionable. Don't even reject it. Don't even ask questions. If we say it's this way, and we're going to do it this way, that's the right day because we are in power. That's all that matters. Now, let me give you a little indication of how this administration operates. We all know about the United States Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade and how controversial that was. Democrats have just gone nuts about it. They still are going nuts about it. VP Kamala Harris, she spoke in a Tallahassee, Florida, 50th anniversary of Roe, a get-together. And listen to what she said, speaking to these people. Quote now, I'm quoting the vice president. We are here today because we collectively believe and know America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. She said that before she quoted the declaration, which declares that the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are natural rights. You heard what she said. America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. She very conveniently left out the word life. Not for some, but for all, she continued. A promise that we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Now, why would she do that? Why would she say that? She's giving a speech on abortion. (laughs) She's there on the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade that was overturned by the Supreme Court. Why would you have a big get-together over the anniversary of that? Her remarks in Florida came as Joe issued a presidential memo that purports to protect nationwide access to the abortion pill. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill that makes abortion after 15 weeks unlawful, with exceptions for the mother's life or to prevent serious injury of the fetus. The Tallahassee crowd reportedly booed Harris after she criticized Florida's 15-week abortion ban. Here in Florida, health care providers face prison for up to five years, for simply doing their job, Harris said. And now the state has also targeted medication abortion and even threatened Florida pharmacists. 
It's called the law. DeSantis didn't just pull that out of his butt and say, here it is, I'm going to sign and this going to make it law and you, everybody's got to follow it. Kind of like opposite of what Joe Biden does. He pulls out a pen and signs an executive order. DeSantis's bill, the new one that he signed, it was passed by the people's representatives. It went through the Florida state legislature, came to his desk, and it doesn't make abortion illegal. It makes abortion after 15 weeks illegal, only with, however, exceptions for the mother's life or to prevent serious injury to the baby. These people have no concept of the rule of law. I mean, she didn't just leave that word out, life out of that. She purposely wrote it or agreed to do it, whoever the speechwriter was. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I've known that since I was a kid. That's in the Declaration of Independence. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In other words, the government in the Declaration is saying we are going to make sure these things are absolute and belong to the people. Rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is the foundation of this nation. And the vice president of the United States said twice, the American government will protect the rights to liberty and happiness, not the rule of law, once again. Now, I told you what James Comer of Kentucky, the new head of the Oversight Committee, what he said yesterday. He talked about how shocked we all would be to find out the close ties between the Biden family syndicate and the Chinese Communist Party. Let me just say this. Over the next few days, more of this exact information, these ties are going to come out. And as they come out, I know I know we all get tired of hearing the same drum being beat all the time, talking about Democrats evil, Republicans good, Democrats wrong, Republicans right. No, I'm not going to do that. We don't do that here unless and with actual information and facts. The Oversight Committee is doing what any Oversight Committee should always do. It doesn't have to be a president. It can be anybody in government. If they're doing illegal things, if they are doing things that will subvert the rule of law in the United States, whoever it is, top to bottom of our government, they need to be held accountable. And when we talk about any of this stuff, We're doing it for one reason. We want to make sure every American knows and understands what this is is wrong. It's illegal, and it needs to be handled. Let me give you another example that's come out. An election integrity group. This came out over the weekend as well. They said that 10.9 million out of a total 22.1 million ballots that had been mailed out to registered voters during the 2022 midterm elections 
10.9 of these, that's almost half, went unaccounted for. Male voting practices have an insurmountable information gap. Now, this came from the Public Interest Legal Foundation. The public cannot know how many ballots were disregarded, delivered to wrong mailboxes, or even withheld from the proper recipient by someone at the same address. This was a two-page report that details what it called the failures of California's first mass mail balloting election following the passage of Assembly Bill 37, which requires ballots automatically be mailed to all active registered voters statewide. The bill signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom in September of 21 makes vote-by-mail ballots a practice implemented in the 2020 general election in conjunction with the COVID-19 pandemic made it permanent for all elections. California has more registered voters than any other state. Obviously, it is the biggest state. Yet its vote-by-mail policies, among the nation's most expansive, have resulted in large numbers of ballots disappear at poll closing time. After accounting for polling place voters and rejected ballots in November of 22, there were more than 10 million left outstanding. That means election officials don't know what happened to those ballots. It's fair to assume that the bulk of these were ignored or ultimately thrown out by the intended recipients. But under mass mail elections, we can only assume what happened besides the almost half of these unaccounted for mail ballots. Data shows 9.8 million were accepted, over 120,000 were rejected, 1.4 million were counted from in-person voting centers. The Golden State, which has been a Democrat stronghold for over two decades, mailed out more than 22 million ballots to every registered voter, nearly 47% Democrat, 24 Republican, This was during the 2022 midterms. A GOP victory in California on November 16th granted the party slim control of the U.S. House. Now, after this not-for-profit found that election officials there had rejected 226,000 mail-in ballots during the 2022 primary and general elections, they argued that the switch to mail balloting has taken away voters' rights. Now, let's get this straight. They scream and holler because there were a lot of people that wanted to do away with the mail-in ballot process going forward after our pandemic, knowing that it would be rife with fraud. And so they screamed and hollered, we got to make it a law, we got to make it so that every election... Anybody can do a mail-in ballot because there are a lot of people that can't get to the polls to vote in per- I get that. But now the people are they're saying the other way. According to this new report, the state California would reject mail ballots primarily for nine reasons, including mismatch, missing signatures, double voting when a registrant cast a vote both in person and by mail, which, by the way, took place 813 times in the midterms. 
The most common reason, which researchers say is endemic to mail voting, turned out to be the late arriving ballots, taking up 40% of all rejects during the 2022 elections. Every registered voter in California, every single one, I just don't get this, but this is what they're doing. Every single voter could or should get a ballot in the mail a month, 30 days prior to the election. All ballots returned by mail must be postmarked by November 8th to be counted, received within seven days by county election officials, who would then verify signatures on the return envelopes and process ballots through their vote tallying system. In November, more than 57,000 ballots arrived after November 15th, and that meant they were set up to be rejected. The official data state, uh, sets do not differentiate between ballots postmarked too late or delivered too late. The post office also touts its 2022 performance. They claim that 99% of mail ballots were delivered nationally within three days to officials for counting once in their custody. What does all this prove? <laughs> it just proves, folks, that if people want to cheat, they're going to find a way to cheat. It's that simple. If people want to fudge, they're going to fudge. The only perfect way that I've ever heard of an election to operate fairly and be certain to be real and legal is done in Afghanistan. It's very simple. Everybody votes in person, period. And they come in and it's mail-in. No, it's not mail-in. It's electronic. No, it's not electronic. You come into a voting, poll, a voting polling place, you give them picture ID, they look up on the voter rolls and find your name, they check it off, you vote, cast your vote, you hand the ballot to the person collecting them, and then you have to stick your index finger in a bottle of indelible ink that will not disappear for 30 days. That's to assure that you don't walk out of that polling place and go down the street and vote again. That's too simple to be American, isn't it? Voting in person with voter ID, picture voter ID, is the only way elections in the United States will ever be deemed to be fair. Any process in any of the 50 states that doesn't do that is going to be rife for fraud. And many Americans, almost half of Americans, believe that our elections are corrupt and there's rife fraud from top to bottom in all of our elections. That's really a sad situation when the greatest company uh, country on the planet can't trust its election processes. The people can't trust the election processes. Why? Because of who's running them. The United States government. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Hi, can I get a... Uh... Can I get a... Take it in the McDonald's. Ooh, can I get a... Uh, can I get a... Yeah, can uh, I get a... Uh... 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 Go, Bubba, go! Uh... Hey, can I get a... Uh, 10-piece 
chicken McNuggets. And what sauce would you like with that? Uh... Northern Tool and Equipment. My girlfriend has given me a pet name. I'm afraid to ask. Snuggle Muffin. No, it isn't. And she uses it in public. Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder Chunky. I couldn't do that. I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200 mile per hour cordless sleep blower. Got it. Here she comes. Hey, Snuggle Muffin. What are you doing, Snuggle? Snuggle. out of here. Wait, come back, Thunder Chunky. There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. I'm Chad Hall, and I'm here with the first ever Silverado ZR2. This is probably the first time you've seen this truck, but I've been racing a prototype version for over a year. We just inspired this pre-production truck you see behind me. Let's go see what it'll do. Copy. It's got phenomenal power, acceleration, good ground clearance, skid protection, and you've got the Multimatic DSSV shocks, so it's just going to be that much more of a fun truck. You want to go a little faster? Go for it. Copy. It's an amazing truck. You're going to want to get your hands on one. Some more news just came out this morning, and it has again to do with Representative James Comer, who is the head, the chairman of the new House Committee, the Oversight Committee. He said this morning, he's accused the White House of stonewalling an investigation by Republicans into the handling of classified documents. Yesterday, an interview with Maria Bartiroma, Comer said that he believes the documents marked as classified may have been moved around to multiple locations by different people. He said he plans to send letters to the Secret Service today asking, actually demanding further information regarding these documents, including any type of correspondence like emails and documentation that can help Republicans figure out who may have had access to the newly discovered documents. It's very concerning. We're not going to let up. I think that we've got plenty of information to move forward. This would be a lot easier if the White House would work with us, he said, adding that the Biden administration is stonewalling the investigation. Hopefully the Secret Service will work with us despite the fact that the White House is not. You know what's interesting here? This is a guy that's been around for a long time, Jim Comer. He's been in Congress for a while. He understands how government works. And here we are. I mean, we're just from the beginning of January till today having a operational House of Representatives controlled by Republicans. And he's griping because they won't give him information. <laughs> I don't I don't know Comer. I've never met him, just based upon his uh, his history and what we know about it. I think he's a pretty sharp guy. 
but I think you should understand that uh, that's not the way. <laughs> that's not the way our government rolls. It's just not. That's not the way we do things. The federal government, nobody in the government wants to be held accountable and they'll just stall as long as they can, give you stuff, maybe not the real stuff you need to try to get you off their trail. It happens every day. Here we are. That's the only reason Truth News Network is here, TNN Live. And I want to thank you for joining us. You guys have a great Monday. We'll be back tomorrow morning, every morning, 9 to 11 a.m. See you then.